Jesus is the one that we want above everything. He's the who, he's the what, he's the, he's the bullseye. I was like, Lord, what is the thing we go for in the new season? You know, we've got an evangelist coming to town. We know we need to, we need to strengthen that part of the body. And uh, we've, got, we've got Bible college stroke Bible school happening. We want to get into the word. Lord, there's the conference coming, the apostolic, the vision. There's so many plates always to spin. And these are good things. And, uh, but if we miss Jesus, see, here's a question. You know what perfect theology is? The perfect understanding of God is what? Is Jesus. He is perfect theology. So all the things that I'm mentioning are good, you know, our worship, our study of the word, our the Lord's Day, our home groups, our, our oneness. And I love picking up on that picture of unity from the prayer meeting and oneness and every part playing it. These are all good, godly, biblical things. But Jesus is perfect theology. If we find him and if we walk with him, we have the we have we have the heart of our time here. Our limited time here makes total sense. So we're going for Jesus above all. No matter what people say, we're going for him. <clears throat> Even as I talk about Bible school, it's good things. But studying the word deeper, and if you guys join into that, and that becomes a rolling uh, strength of us being in a wider church, and we can plug into that at any time. That You know, going into the word of God is really, it, it's, that the word that the 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 printed word is to lead us to the living word always. Otherwise, we can like as Jeff Kidwell says, we can have so many scholarly degrees, we can look like a thermometer, you know. He always drops that. Watch next Sunday when he's here. If he drops that joke, we're gonna giggle there, eh? because he, you know, he says it's good to learn and it's good to study. But if you miss Jesus, you miss the point, you know. And um, so we're gonna keep both in place um, in this new season. And I wanted to tell you, yeah, he's the bullseye. But more than that, it's not just the person that we're going for because we know that he's perfect theology and we know that he's the one, but it's a heart. It's, not, it's also got to go from our head to our heart. That's what I want to say. Jesus is about our heart. He transcends our understanding. Most things about him, we're actually not going to understand except for him giving us Wisdom to understand and to open our eyes that we, we actually can see and understand these things. The Bible's so clear on that. If he doesn't take the veil away, if he doesn't, it, we can't see him. We, 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 in our own human wisdom, it's not possible. Just ask the Nicodemuses of the Bible and many others. Wis, our human wisdom's not enough. We need his wisdom to understand his ways, which are totally inverted. So even as we go into this, must remember, I feel like he's reminded us that um, he still needs to be the one that absolutely takes our breath away. Hey, those who are married or have their first child, there's many of you, remember how your breath was taken away when little Joy came into the world, Abby. Remember Morris when Leo came into the world a long time ago? <laughs> your breath, you're just like, <gasps> can there be anything more wonderful? And like, you just feel the sense of like, God is so real. These moments in our life that are breathtaking moments. And you think, actually, that is only a glimpse of him. And because we know Jesus and he lives inside of us, we should be living cultivated lives that ongoingly we are more and more breathless when we see him. 
And if we're not seeing him, the invite is there to come. Draw near to me, he says, and I'll draw near to you. We had that in home group on Wednesday night. It was so beautiful. We just sat on Joan Lundy's carpet and we just drew near to him. And he drew near to us, right? As we prayed a little bit, did a little bit of worship with Liam. And it was just the most beautiful. It felt like this intimate moment. And we read a simple passage out of John 12. And it ended with Jesus, uh, the end of John 12. It ended with Jesus saying he doesn't do anything <clears throat> without hearing his father's voice. I think in that part, it was actually the command of my father. And you realize Jesus had to be the most intimate son with his father on the earth to catch what his father wanted him to do. And often he would retreat, right? I need to go and pray. I need to go away from the crowds. I need to go away from my disciples. You know, sometimes we need to go away from one another. Please help me in this season because I can do that better, to go away and to take some days out and really just be with my Lord and Savior because this is a pattern that we, we are asked to live so that we can enjoy fellowship and intimacy. Not asked, we're commanded to. It's for our own good. Okay. And that's how we build this church. So I've got, I got a prophetic word. So I'm going to talk on two things. I'm going to try and nail two things briefly to, to be faithful in the season ahead, but more than that, to find faith. I want to say more than that. We need both. Faith, so faithfulness will be that each of us take what he's given us and, um, and don't sit on that talent. To so be faithful with what he's asked us to do, whether it's to continue looking after children or babysitting or cleaning chairs. Or ma- we just need to be found faithful with everything and anything that he asks us to do to build his house. Because we're building his house. That's what we, we're called to build his house and to reach the lost and to show them the beauty and the, uh, the, the, the honor of building a house for God. Um, but faith is the underpinning. So I'm going to talk on those two things. But first, I'm going to do my best to share a prophetic word that came to me from someone that I don't know in this week from Musenberg Congregation, a young man named David. He um, faithfully sent a, a, a prophetic word which went along the, the lines of he saw a picture of a green point, doesn't know us, and out of the mountain came a hand. The sense of that hand was from heaven. And as the hand came out of uh, the mountain, uh, a rock came out, and that rock tumbled to the ground into sea point. <clears throat> and the rock, he went on then to say that obviously the rock is a picture of Jesus, and we know the rock throughout uh, is such a, a symbol in, in the Word of God. Um, but it's immovable, it's strong, it represents Jesus, it rep- represents strength, it represents what we uh, um, uh, what we uh, find ourselves in, if we are in the rock, if we're in Christ, we're immovable. And then he said, as the rock hit the, the ground, to summarize, out of it came a whole lot of uh, greenery and shrubbery and life and growth. Okay? <laughs> and then we were in it. So that's a picture of us as the church, the sign of flourishing and life he believes is going to come as we remain in Christ. And as we, if we stay in him, the green, the growth, and the flourishing is about to come. He knew nothing about new people amongst us. He knew nothing about change of venue. He didn't know anything. He doesn't know about the outreach event that's happening in Seapoint or evangelism, nothing. Then secondly, he felt that there were a lot of, he saw a lot of people around that rock and they were not happy 
with Christ the rock and the flourishing and the growth. And there was a lot of this going at the rock and at the greenery and the growth. Uh, but take heart. Um, that's a good sign. So Taryn, I asked Taryn to just pray, uh, pray into it. She loves dreams and uh, it takes me a bit longer to register than her. And immediately she listened to it again. There was a bit more detail than that. But she felt like the people, uh, we don't need to be, we need to be encouraged, uh, not um, uh, concerned in any way. But that the people she actually felt was the, a picture of the demonic. That actually the demonic is not going to be happy uh, as we find ourselves more and more immersed in the rock and more and more immersed in Jesus, he is going to do what he's going to do in this new season. We be faithful. We need to be faithful. And we need to find faith. We find that in him. And as we do that, we're going to be immersed in the rock. And life is going to come. It's going to be a season of flourishing. Something that we've felt and we are feeling. And a stranger has felt it and sent it in a prophetic word. So be encouraged um, about that. I'll share the word. It's really cool to hear. Um, yeah, so <laughs> God is going to do it, but we need to be found faithful uh, with our hands when it comes to souls and people, because really, uh, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. We do our best with chairs, cleaning chairs, but ultimately, the person who sits on that empty chair, one person that comes in as a new life that God entrusts to us, so we have to put one person that comes in and who finds the Lord, and salvation comes into that person's heart. That person, let's just call her Debbie. Debbie becomes a daughter of God. And God then entrusts Debbie into us. Good name, eh? <laughs> and then we go like, Lord, would you even do that? One person that's now yours, you've given to us to care for, disciple, love. It's a, it's a weighty it's a weighty thing, and yet we're trusting him for many souls, and I'm really hoping that we realize again that being faithful is one thing, but finding faith in the rock, finding the one that takes our breath away, that's the one that's going to carry us through and see the value of each and every soul, because he is the one that takes our breath away. Let's be honest. He's the, he's the topic of conversation. And when is the topic of our conversation? What is, ask, what is the topic of your conversation in the weeks and the days? Sometimes we can get even caught up in good topics. How about this? Like we talk about theology all day long. We talk about the Word of God all day long. We can talk about building church and um, um, uh, things that we've learned in, in the kingdom of God. And it's all good things, good topics. But actually, the, the topic that shows that he is still the one taking your breath away. It's when everything that comes up is just him. It's just Jesus. You see what Jesus is doing. You see what he's like. Like, it's amazing. Like, look at his heart. Look at Jesus' heart. Look how he lived. Look how he drew away to his father. Look how he did nothing without hearing his father's voice. So I was, and I, and I believe that the, the topic of our conversation, Jesus flowing out of us, is a sign of faith in our hearts. Not just faithfulness. But that we've found him, that we've seen him. Because faith is what? It's seeing him. It's seeing the unseen. The eyes of faith. Seeing beyond this world, the temporary world. And seeing Jesus alive on his throne. The one who's, a, who's coming back soon. And that, the eyes of faith. That, when that's the topic of the conversation, more than the, what's going on in the world around us. 
Where it's like, actually, we can so easily go into all the things that we're facing. All, but actually, those things pale in comparison to the fact that we know Jesus, that he's alive, that he's on his throne, and he's coming back probably a lot sooner than we know. When that comes out of us, it's a sign that faith is welling up in us. Let me go back to my notes. But how does faith well and up, well up in us? Yeah, but, well, actually, it's obvious that the Word of God, we need to be in the Word of God for faith, because faith comes by hearing, the Word says, and hearing the, through the Word of God. So now we know we need to apply something. We need to be in the Word to find faith, to find Him. We need to hear the Word, but we also need to apply the Word. So that's the thing. We can read just to get information, or we can read a love letter and see it as a love letter, and if we're struggling with it. Ask people to pray and stand with us. Let me get into the word as a love letter. This is my Father in heaven wanting to speak to me in a love language, to draw me close to him, so that out of me flows the name of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the reality of Jesus, the fact that he's saved me, that he's walking with me today, that he's using me to reach others because I can't stop talking about him. It's so attractive to other people. You'll see when that happens, become attractive. Not that you guys are not attractive, but spiritually attractive. There's a spiritual attractiveness to someone who's just oozing Jesus off their lips in conversation. It's so beautiful, isn't it? You agree? So we've got to apply the Word. So if we're in the Word of God, sometimes we're like, Lord, I, I don't want to just be faithful. I, I, I want to be faithful as well. I see that both are important even for the season ahead. But to be faithful, Lord, I know I've got to go home, and I've been struggling to be in the Word, so you might go home, and I need to put some things in place to be in the Word so that I can just draw near to Him because I want to, I want to find a deeper sense of faith again. You might be asking yourself that. Remember that even the enemy of God knows the Word of God. He used it in, in trying to tempt Jesus. Well, he did tempt Jesus. He, he tempted Jesus, and what did Jesus do? He responded calmly, not out of fear, and he calmly repeated truth, his father's word, his father's word threw him back to the enemy, and that was his way of, um, of, of, um, of defeating him and not being tempted. The, but so here's the thing, word of God needs to come in, and we need to apply it to our life to be transformed, because here's, here's the enemy of God who knows truth. He would use truth against us because he did it to Jesus. <laughs> so if it's, the, if it's just words, if it's just knowledge, well, our greatest enemy knows that truth better than us. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that he's applying it to his life or transforming because he's not. Because he's an enemy and he hates what is God and he hates what is truth. But he knows it. So I, my hope is that for us to become faith-filled, the word will be applied to our lives. Apply the word to our lives. Apply the word to our lives. Allow it to transform us. Otherwise, we just become hearers of the word. And, uh, and even we can, be, we can look at it as a method. If I'm just in the word and I'm in the truth, I will find faith. We need to apply it so faith will come. And then we go into, into a realm of being faithful people. That off of our lips is Jesus and this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Lord and Savior, the perfect Prince of Peace, 
the warrior who's coming back with armies to defeat evil, to take us home, our lover, the one who absolutely adores you and I. This one that rolls off of our, our lips and go. So he's coming, uh, coming back to faithfulness. Um, I want to read a great quote uh, by a, a church leader, an author by the name of Rich Velodis. I don't know him, but I like the quote. The end of it all, Jesus will not say when he comes back, well done, my good and successful servant. He, also won't, he won't come back and say, well done, my, my good and influential servants. Or even better, I love this one. He's not going to come back and say, well done, my good, high-capacity servants. But he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servants. So success in the kingdom is so different to the world. You won't be hearing things like influential, high-capacity was the other one, successful. Because our success in the kingdom is being faithful to what God has called us to do. And right now, he may call us to, to do things that we haven't done in the past season. He may call us to get involved with our children because now we have space for two children's classes. What a privilege to teach the little ones about Jesus. You know, as the bigger ones go off into a group and the smaller ones go off into a group, as now we have space for, for two groups, as the little ones begin growing up, Devilt and Annette are going are gonna to need servant-hearted people more to step in and, and love the children and... Uh, Teach the little ones, the next generation, about Jesus. So if God's asking us, every single one of us that are sitting down here today, and those that are standing, to be involved in building his house, then there's going to be something that he asks each of us to do in the line of being faithful, so that when he comes back, he can say, well done, my good and faithful sir. It's amazing. All he asks us to do is to be faithful. He doesn't ask us to be superstars or highly influential, these huge capacity people. It kind of, for me, it takes all the pressure off because we just need to be faithful, which is just, Jesus, you lead me today, one foot in front of the other. Where do I need to go today? What do I need to do tomorrow? And then here's the thing. He needs to then replenish our faithfulness with faith. And that's what I, is a theme that's been building this year is that our faithfulness is super important but as important as that, and running right alongside that, is that we continue to find Jesus, to find faith. And when we do, that faith replenishes our faithfulness or our servant-heartedness or our going and our doing. I think there's no reason why a believer should, um, uh, what is the word? We should, we should never um, burn out, fall apart. We go through seasons. I do believe that God is like a seasonal, cyclical way about him. There's rhythms to even how he, creation has a rhythm to it. It has a rest day as well. You know, there's rhythms and seasons to God. I don't believe we're called to, you know, just there's times when there's a season for everything. Let me say that. But we can be faithful in all seasons. Well, in fact, we're called to be faithful in all seasons. But here's the thing. If we crash and burn and we're like right out of the season, we've We've missed the faith aspect that has to go alongside serving and being faithful. And that faith aspect will replenish and revive and revive the servant-heartedness and revive those just being faithful, but be, be replenished by faith. Now, faith is, we can look at faith for hours and we won't get to it today. But Jesus does ask in the Gospels, when I come back, will I find faith? So it's almost like he's looking for that. 
Yes, he calls us to be faithful, but he's looking for faith. He's looking for those that trust him with the outrageous, you know? Imagine him coming back here to Seapoint and going, will I find faith? So in other words, great that you guys are being faithful with what I've given you and with the new building and the new season. But I wonder if Jesus had to come and say, guys, I built a stadium there. (laughs) Do you know that you have the living God in you? Do you know that I'm the one, salvation belongs to me? Do you know that I've done this before in history? Revivals have come, you know, it's it's me. Salvations on on mass, it's me. (laughs) So if he had to come back and, and find faith, would he find us dreaming for a stadium, for our city? For, for, for the gospel to go out in a stadium like that, with the churches of the city, all the Josh Jens, and thousands of seats open for those that are curious, those that are hurting, those that we would love to the kingdom. I wonder. I think that's the way he sees. I think that's where <laughs> the vision of God is way bigger than what we see. And so we put one foot in front of the other, but do we, do we see that the eyes of faith, there's no limit. There's, no, there's actually no end to what he's put in you and I. <laughs> actually, there's one limit. It's ourselves. Because we kind of like put a full stop and go, well, I can't do that. Or we just don't have the time or the capacity. Or maybe we don't. What? We're looking at ourselves. That's the problem. <laughs> We've got to go beyond just being faithful and go, okay, now, Lord, on this side, replenish me with faith. Uh, I, I want to find you again, Jesus. And then you give me the dreams that are on your heart. What are the dreams? So if his dream is the city, if his dream is the seaboard, then allow him to spark dreams that are outrageous and radical. The kind of dreams that get written about in books that we read. And you go, wow, these guys saw that. It's incredible. I'm inspired. Then we put the book down and we, we move on with our lives. But you know, those people that saw those things, they contended they contended for faith. They read the word. They spent time with Jesus. Their conversations, wherever they went, were full of the one that their eyes were beholding constantly and speaking about off their lips, Jesus. And faith arose. And you know what happened? The outrageous happened. And when you look back, I'm sure, it was, how did we get there? Well, we, we kept one foot in front of the other. But we never stopped believing. We never stopped uh, putting our faith in the, in the miraculous and the outrageous. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Good girl, Abby. See, the little ones believe. They, they believe. <laughs> so on a very practical note, <laughs> mm. You see, there is, there is a downside to just being faithful. I just wanted to pick up on a danger. If we, if we go into a new season like this and simply, simply remain faithful alone, the danger is that we can drift from just being faithful into a place of familiarity, if you call it. It's such a, for me, familiarity is such a dangerous thing. We just, we just keep doing the same and, you know, go through the motions and familiar, I've been around and... I know if I, and, and we, can, we can actually, in the camp of familiarity and going through the motions, we can stick faithfulness in there. 
And, and we can actually tell ourselves, oh, I'm just being faithful, but actually, you've lost the faith element altogether. And for me, that's a danger because we, can, we do drift and slide. It's our, in our, one day we'll be perfect like him. But right now, we still have our human nature. Practically, we're still in this world that the presence of sin is still here. And so we have to, like the New Testament letters, urge one another. Like Paul urged and Peter urged us and well, the church and us now, the church then and us now, to continue contending, to continue to press on. Because he wouldn't, they wouldn't write the New Testament in that manner if we weren't prone to drifting. The church drifted when it birthed, it was drifting already to false doctrines and to all sorts of additions and traditions and, and sin and bends of the heart and desires that were not his desires. We drifted from the start and we will drift now. And my danger number one is that we can drift even by being faithful which is a good thing, we could, we could drift out of faith. And I really believe God wants, to, wants us to be replenishing our faithfulness constantly with faith. And the, uh, the way to do that, not that it's a method, because that would be us falling into just faithfulness again and finding a method, but the way to do that is to make Jesus everything. Even if he tells us to do outrageous things, just find him, love him, adore him, follow him. And if he's telling you to do outrageous things that are full of faith, come and tell us. If you've got access to the stadium, tell us. Don't think it's a silly idea. That's faith. Let's do it together. This is a season of faith on our doorstep. We're going to need to be faithful. There's no doubt. We heard the practical. But there's a season of faith that I want us to aim for over and above. And, and how we aim for that is we make, we make Jesus the, the absolute core of everything we do. That he is the one. He is the one we're going for. We're not going for a building. We're not going for numbers. We're not going for evangelism. We're not going for prayer. We, these are all things that flow out of us because we find Jesus. So we're going for him above all. We're going for the one who's perfect theology. We're going for the one who is our, our ultimate crown one that we love and adore, is there is so much more of Jesus to discover. Oh, my word. There's so much more. The Galatians drifted. It made Paul astonished. I mean, you look at Paul's language. So we know we're going to drift. I'm not going to go into that. We can get so used to something that we don't seek it anymore. And we don't have an expectation or a desire. You know, we can get so... Uh, this is this has hurt my heart, but... I know that it, it, this can happen. We get so used to just Jesus amongst us. We get so used to him amongst us. And we don't seek him anymore. We don't have an expectation that goes beyond him amongst us now. There's no desire for more. That sense of familiarity is, for me, the biggest danger. Because there is so much more. Like he's a God of raising expectations and raising desires and not just for the things that he can do and give us but a desire and an expectation for encountering Jesus just knowing his love his acceptance his grace mercy his power his love the fact that no matter what goes on in the world we have perfect peace in him because guess what we live somewhere else I eh? remember that 
My address is not, my address is in heaven. This is a temporary address. Temporary. Before we know it, it's, it's, it's going to be gone like this. <laughs> we need to find um, where our priority lies. Now and because of the season ahead, the priority shift. Danger two is that, danger two is that, uh, this is an interesting one. This is the last one. And then I, I, we'll come to a close. But the second danger after familiarity, and or the first danger just being found in faithfulness, but not finding faith, ongoing faith, is this. That we can be vision-driven and not spirit-led vision. Uh, spirit-led. <laughs> we can be vision-driven. So, you know, even... Even in a church that's touching the nations, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of vision. Vision will be imparted all the time, especially as we come into the conference. And vision is a good thing. I'm not saying that a, a person has to have a vision and a church has to have a vision. What happens where the men have been around here? I think it's only Morris and Mark. Maybe, not even our month. Dale might have been there. It was a men's camp once. <laughs> Remember John Leach? He was in the church in the early days. He stood up and he said, Men, a man without a vision, come on, is a man without a future. <laughs> you guys can't remember. And a man without a future will always go back to his past. So he, kept, he was challenging the guys, and it was like this line that stood like an army officer kind of guy. He said, A man without a vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future will just go back to his past. And, and it's true. A man and a woman, by the way. We will always go back to our past. We have to have vision. We have to have something in mind. It's so important for ourselves and for us as a church and as a body. But the danger that can be there is that the vision becomes so big. The vision can become a God or an idol. And then we're playing with fire again. We need to have vision in place, but we need the Holy Spirit's voice. We need the intimacy with Jesus. We need the faith building, the longing for Jesus. We need him to roll off of our conversation. Did you see Jesus? Did you see what he did? And you so cultivate a passion for the one that takes our breath away. And we know his voice. We know the Spirit's leading so that while the vision is growing, we are still spirit-led people. Otherwise, the danger is we serve the God of vision only, and we can miss the intimacy. We can miss the one walking with us. So you see both points. just feel like there's this hand in hand. We need faithfulness, but we need faith replenishing. We need vision. We need unity around vision, 100%. Coming through this morning, the picture of the geese, or the ducks, I don't know which one, but that they fly in the V together as a picture of oneness as they gather together in the water, the place of peace, the water was the picture of the water, and then they gather one another and they fly together and they go further together than they would if it was one at a time. There's a picture of us together, we'll go further. So unity is, is so important. But unity, we have unity because of a person. We have unity because of the one who gave us faith. His name is Jesus. We have unity because <laughs> the Spirit is amongst us, speaking to us, leading us. Yes, we also have unity because we have a wonderful vision that the Lord has given us as a body.
but our deeper unity is that we're walking with him and we're knowing him more every day and we're hearing his voice and we're cultivating a lifestyle that the highest conversation that rolls over lips is not the problems in the world, the difficulties we're going through, the circumstances, our jobs, our careers, finances, trouble, heartache, pain, tragedy, family, children, career, broken down motor cars, health, hospitals, bills to pay. Those things will always be there. The poor amongst us, these things, are they're not going away. What comes off of our lips, the attractive thing, to the world out there is these guys are crazy. They're in love with Jesus and it's like, it's either very offensive and they run, the Bible says, <laughs> or they come closer because they, maybe there's a white harvest happening and they actually want, they, you're either finding that they, people are going to be very attracted to us or they're going to hate us. And that's good company to be in. Eh? It's, it's, it's okay. I'm thick skin. It's great. Run a mile, bro, but we've done our, we, yeah, if people run, that's good. <laughs> if they're green, they're not ready. But, you know, there's, there's, there's something of when Jesus is rolling off of us, something's going to happen one way or the other. We're going to get persecution and we're going to get battered or we're going to get a little bit of hatred. All people are going to come as they have amongst us. And that's a sign that Jesus is with us, not just in, 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 in um, knowledge, but that he's He's got every, every fiber of us. He's got, as in he's on the throne of every fiber of us, you know. Our hearts, our tongues, our conversations, the things we own, the things we put our work to on a Monday morning. He's Lord of all, and he wants to be Lord of all. Uh, now, more than ever, because the world needs, the world needs Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other solution. And it's interesting now because the world is looking for solutions everywhere. You just have to, you know, we know that. You just see people looking for ways of solving the pain and the hurt and the confusion of the world. People are searching. Some are not going to come into the kingdom now. They're going to keep searching. But some in their searching are going to find who we know. What, not what we know. They're going to find who we know. It's not about what I know and what you know. Sometimes guys will talk and, oh, you know so much scripture and Actually, I don't. I would love to know. I'd love scripture to come out of me like Will Maria used to. <laughs> it's not what we know. Guys, it's who we know. Can I tell, can I introduce you to the one that I know? That's what's important. That's what's attractive. And that's what's going to change our suburbs and our city and our, yeah. So make sure we've got him. That's all I want to say. We've got to make sure that one another, that we've, that we've got him as the, uh, Overflow of our conversation is everything. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. You're our absolute, you're, you're our wonder. We marvel at you, Lord. We marvel that you would take us and build us into your household and then give us the greatest responsibility in life. Like you would trust us with people. You would trust us. It's not because of us. It's because of him. And when we see that, we can look past our own insecurities or the things that we think we lack. And those are always going to be there. But just to let's just look past ourselves in this season. And that takes the eyes of faith. Because when we're faithful, we, we look at our, okay, I'm being faithful, but we look a little bit too much 
still what I can do or what I can't do. But when faith kicks in, it's like, it's not about Neil anymore and my lack, or it's not about us and what we can't do. It's what we can do because he's in the center of everything. Amen? Yeah, thank you, Lord. So how do we seek him? We want him now, I hope. I hope there's a desire that's built, even an expectation that's built in us. Individually, as you go home, when we gather together, that he wants to replenish us uh, with faith, that he wants to raise our expectations. Now, Hebrews 4, verse 16, you can follow or you can make notes. We don't have AV. This is unpractical of how we can end this morning. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us then approach, let us, those who are in Christ, let us approach God, his throne, the throne of grace with confidence. We have Confidence. The Bible says we must come to him in confidence. Not, Lord, I think you might want to meet with me. I think we're confidently coming to him. That's faith. You're going to find him. And he says, come to the throne room with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So our time of need, if you're anything like me, it's every day. It's not a season of need. We have need every day. And we have need for the rest of our lives. And he says, confidently come to my throne room and you'll find what you're needing. That's, a, that's an invite. That's a good starting point, I think, for today. <laughs> Jeremiah says in the Old Testament, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And often I've thought of that, and I might have mentioned this a few times to you guys. All, all my heart, I think of like sporting terms, when, oh, that guy... He just played with all of his heart. He left, he left everything out there on the, on the, on the sports field. So it, that, it speaks of like effort and devotion and commitment, all your heart. But I think in Scripture often it's also the other side of all your heart means you don't hold any little part of your heart back from him when you seek him. Otherwise, as I read that, in other words, you won't find him. So the examination of our hearts becomes this important daily habit of, Lord, search me. Examine my heart. Am I in the faith right now? Or have I drifted away from you right now? And if so, what part of my heart have I held back? What is the painful area buried in there somewhere that I haven't given to you fully? Maybe there's an idol. You know what he does with things like that? He breaks idols. He, that's what he's about. He's saying that part of your heart that you haven't, that we're you still on the throne of that area. We're you still in control of that area. I want that. And when you bring that to me and you surrender that and you trust me with that, you will find me. Faith. Okay. I want to encourage us with that. Isaiah says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Isaiah 55, 6. Call on him while he is near. In other, yeah, like, oh Lord, he's the, prof, the prophet, Isaiah. You know, there's going to be a time where he can't be found anymore. And there'll be a time where he's not near. And people who realize on that day it'll be too late. It's like the invite keeps going out to us. And you think about people out there, time is running out. He may be found, but on what, there's going to come a day where he, can, he, may, he will not be found any longer. It will be too late for so many of our friends and family. It should shock us to the core that it's going to be too late for some people that we love dearly. He won't be near anymore. 
Those that will be near will be us. Others will be cast out. It's funny how the world is, eh? Right now, there'll be so many that don't appreciate that, that, that Jesus is alive. Some will say there's not even a God. Yet, the things that are alive, like the trees outside, are only alive because of him and his presence in the world. Yes, there's sin present in the world right now. But God is keeping everything alive. Imagine one day when every, everything that's alive just dies. And there's just darkness, you know. There's no sun. There's no life. There's, everything is that's when you're going, to be, you're going to be seeing people going, oh, he was here in creation. How did I miss it? And there's going to be a time when it's too late. It's crazy to me to think. Like that could have been us if it wasn't for his mercy, reaching out and drawing us and then opening our eyes, taking the veil away. Okay, Lord, I see you. And you come into salvation. And our role in this limited time left is to make him known to those people that are that in the right now are in the dark. Amen. Last last uh, last scripture. Acts 17 verse 27. That was Isaiah 55 and 6. Acts 17 verse 27 goes like this. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out and find him. Though he's not far from any of us, verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. I'll say that again. For us. For in him we have, we live, sorry, and move and have our being. He's everything to us. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So here's God, the early church, hoping, as he hopes today, that some would seek him, perhaps even reach out for him and find him. He's not far from any of us. He's really, in this, in this part of the age, he's actually not far from anyone, even the lost out there. He's just there. We just, we just need to invite. We just need to share Jesus' the testimony of, of our lives. And he's close. We don't have to do anything else. We don't have to make them saved because we can't. We just have to share our lives, guys. And I want to say that I think the greatest, most exciting thing that we could look forward to in our future us and with our families that are with us, is to see a great harvest come in and God perform great things through us as a people. Nothing more exciting for me, even if I never traveled to those faraway holiday places. You know, you've got your bucket list. Hey, if, 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 let's, think, let's think honestly. If you never, think of the top three dreams you have still in your life. I want to maybe achieve this, see this, travel here, do this. Even if those things don't happen, before he comes to take us. We've got something better to look forward to anyway. It's called eternity with him. But if those things don't happen, what would be better than those? What would make us, what would make those things go, you know, dim? I think it's this. Seeing the harvest of souls come in and God using us to reach broken people and to see them have the veil taken off their eyes and their hearts come into the kingdom and God says to you and I, now there's another one, and another one, and another one. Look after them for me, because they're mine, and I trust you to take care of them. <gasps> okay, Lord, the holiday to Italy can hold. If you ever do it, it's fine. I love those warm waters, but yeah, it's okay. We've got a beach in Cape Town. It's a bit cold. But this is valuable, Jesus. This is so valuable and beautiful. And then to see them grow. 
with us. And so many of you have grown as he's added you into our lives. I want to pray. Can I pray for us? I'm going to end with that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for your, your beautiful, beautiful life, your word, your example, the faith that you give us. Even in testing times, you, you're always there to be found. To, you're always there for us to draw on. And today we want to just say, Lord, you are first in our life. Jesus, you're our ultimate goal. You're the one that we desire more than anything else. And even today, even if, we, even if our hearts have been challenged to make a shift, Lord, I pray that you would shift us now, just as I pray over us as a, as a family, that you would shift our hearts. If there's part of our hearts that we've held back, Lord, would you show us? We come and seek you with all of our heart as Jeremiah prophesied. And we wouldn't hold anything back. That our conversation would be so full of you. <laughs> because you live in us. You're already in us. We turn our attention. You make you, you the object of our attention. Making you the center of our conversation, our thoughts. Help our minds and our hearts to align to your truth. Because we want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know you deeper, Lord. So take us into a season, Lord, of incredible depth, of, of, of insight and knowledge in a very personal way from knowing you, from walking with you, from your voice being the loudest voice as you lead us, as you show us. And Lord, I pray that you would enlarge our expectations and our desires and our dreams, that there would be stories of faith, that started in the prayer room and in your throne room, from even amongst us, there would be giants, Lord. Giants that rise up from within because of who you are in us, Lord. So will you raise our expectations? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.